Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money, how to figure out what you want to do, and how to travel the world while making a difference. And uh, one of the things we're doing now is we're traveling around the Philippines, and I'm doing some speaking and workshops. Right now, I'm in prep mode for my big TEDx talk, which is happening only in three weeks. Uh, so once the TEDx talk is live, I'll actually have the link below, so you'll be able to watch that uh, TED talk where I'm talking all about uh, my journey as a digital nomad. And uh, one of my big passions is uh, fatherhood and family and business entrepreneurship. So I love interviewing fellow dads on our show, fellow entrepreneurs, fellow coaches. And I have an amazing one on the show here today. His name is Nick Salito and uh, Sotelo. Nick, Nick Sotelo. And uh, Nick's actually joining us from Oregon today, Pacific Northwest, not too far from where I'm from in Vancouver originally. And Nick, um, um, he does a whole bunch of things, including uh, marriage and family therapy, life coaching, uh, helping people get unstuck in terms of the career and relationships. He does sports coaching. He's quite active in the community in terms of different boards he's on. And he's also avid uh, in terms of network marketing with the company called Young Living. And on top of all that, he <laughs> works as in youth corrections for the last 19 years. So pretty impressive uh, track record and bio. So Nick, how are you doing over there in Oregon today? Hey, I'm doing awesome. It's been a great day wrapping it up, but uh, so excited to be here with you. Yeah, time zone's always uh, different because, like, for me, I'm just like getting ready for my day, and Nick is like, I'm exhausted. It's been a long day. I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> so it's it's always funny when you talk to someone from the other side of the world. So Nick, um, one of the things we like to do on a show is not just you know listen to the bio of the person, but we really want to get to the story. So why don't you share with us a little bit of your story in terms of your family, uh, your your journey as an entrepreneur, and anything in between? So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been married 18 years. I'm a father of two. My oldest son, his name is Jabin. He's 14 years old. And my youngest name is Conrad. And he's 10 years old. And they're uh, very active boys, all things that boys do in sports and playing outside and, and all that good stuff. Um, and in terms of you know, my journey, entrepreneurship, I remember being young uh, in my 20s and I went down a couple different routes in terms of building business and whatnot. Um, but went to the work uh, for the state of Oregon and my wife did as well. And for the next 20 years, uh, we were company people, we were agency people and both of our careers were pretty tough in terms of, uh, how we would see people, you know, barely make it to retirement. I'm in corrections. And so, um, I saw far too many people that didn't make it to retirement quite literally that they would pass before retirement age or people that would retire and then, um, die right after retirement. And my wife, kind of the same deal. Um, she would see people that would really get burned out and dissatisfied with their careers. So we both had 20 years into this and we looked at each other and said, we don't want to spend the next 20 years doing this. And so uh, some of that soul searching, looking at our options. And then we both looked at each other and said, if we had just stuck with what we were doing when we were young and married in, in our early twenties, uh, we'd probably be in a different place financially. But uh, we don't let that hold us back. We've decided that we aren't going to uh, press on for 20 more years in our current careers. Uh, my wife resigned uh, a couple months ago, uh, and I'm still working to provide insurance for the family. Uh, but I'm looking at uh, making an exit out of my um, state job here in a couple of years. So that's kind of uh, just a quick summary of where we're at as a family and uh, where entrepreneurship started us a long time ago. But uh, now we're picking back up with it again. 
Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And, you know, uh, there's a saying, it's never too late, no matter what stage of your life it is, to get going. And you're still a young guy, so you still have a lot of life ahead of you. So I'm glad you made that decision to go full steam uh, with following Absolutely. your purpose, following your purpose and passion and going into entrepreneurship. And, uh, you know, obviously allowing your wife to go first. And then that, that way you have that financial security um, so she can build the business. So uh, I'm really curious about the work-life balance side of things. So the fact that you're working full-time, you're also doing life coaching, you do uh, training for a family therapist, uh, plus you're doing sports coaching, you're doing all this stuff in the board, active member of your church as a Christian, you're doing network marketing, plus you're uh, married and you have two kids. How do you do it? How do you balance all those multiple responsibilities? Yeah, that's the question that I get asked quite a bit. One thing I didn't throw in there earlier when we were discussing uh, what I was about, I also taught graduate school for a while as well. And so I taught graduate school for, in addition to all those things you just listed for about six years. And so that would be a constant question that my students would ask me is, how do you do all that stuff? How do you fit it all in a day? Um, I've always been busy. Um, I've always kind of been on the edge of being a workaholic. For me, it kind of stems out of my childhood. Um, where I was always driven to be constantly productive, constantly doing something. And a lot of that, you know, from my childhood experience was to avoid not being at home. So I've, I've learned to keep my schedule very packed. Um, so that way it, it just kept my mind occupied and, and kept me, kept me busy and pointed in the right direction. So kind of what I've always done, um, there have been times where I've had to step back and say, you know, what, I got to start saying no to some, some things. Um, that was probably the major decision why I stopped teaching uh, about two years ago. Um, just uh, said no, pulled back and returned that time back over to my family. So that was definitely a good thing. So um, I've had to learn, you know, in the last uh, couple of years uh, to say no to things. But uh, for me, it's just managing my schedule well, making sure that my family takes priority um, and then that they're not missing out. But, um, you know, I, I'll get up as early as I need to and I'll stay up as late as I need to to do certain things to make sure that uh, I'm on track. Well, tonight's a perfect example of that. You're up here doing the interview at 10, 10 p.m. and you have to work the yep. next day. So thank you for it, uh, doing that. Uh, curious to know yep. about how did you specifically get into this whole area of life coaching? Because you've been doing um, you know, all these several things and you were doing family therapy and then you started training other counselors. You were running a uh, Myrtle View counseling and then you got into life coaching as your focus. Tell us about that transition. Yeah, so I've um, been in the counseling field, the mental health field, uh, since about 2002, I would say. And I've been licensed here in Oregon for 10 years. Um, I actually earned a, a PhD in counseling, finished that in 2015. So um, in terms of that world, uh, I, I pretty much know, um, in terms of the basics, all there is to know. Um, and I'm actually being, became quite disillusioned with the mental health services uh, world overall. Um, there's just a lot of... Um, unnecessary barriers that get put on you if you're gonna work within the uh, traditional mental health system. Um, I, I really don't see the value in, in labeling people with certain, with, with this disorders. Um, I, um, I, I don't like the way that medications are prescribed and leaned upon both by uh, prescribers and, and people that are looking for help. There's, I think they rely too much on um, what medications can or can't do for you. And so, um, Although I'm required, you know, for my state work to operate in that system and for when I'm helping counselors when they're working towards their licensure, you know, obviously I have to work in that system. But my personal work that I do with people, I've definitely have stepped out of, uh, outside of the mental health world and taken up the life coaching world. So I feel like I'm way more uh, effective um, with people uh, going through the life coaching methodology than I am through the mental health uh, world. So um, 
that kind of talks a little bit about how I've bridged from, from one area to the other. So uh, I think I can impact um, more people and, and more significantly through the life coaching methodology. And there's definitely overlap and there's, uh, you know, uh, integration between those two models to some degree. Like my degree is actually in psychology. And uh, even though I'm doing coaching as well, I do both life and business coaching. I definitely integrate a lot of stuff I learned in counseling and uh, psychology into what I do today in terms of the mind, the behavior, uh, the past, the childhood stuff and the trauma and what holds it back in terms of progressing forward in their life. So uh, you probably do the same. Is that right? Like, tell us about uh, your model when it comes to life coaching. Yeah, definitely. So I think the life coaching allows me to not necessarily um, have to start, you know, with the medical model where you're putting a um, an assessment that leads you to a diagnosis that then, you know, drives and prescribes the treatment. So that's kind of where I'm talking about feeling uh, hampered by the traditional mental health and medical model. Uh, so more life coaching, I get to focus on what makes people well. So it's more of a wellness approach as opposed to um, trying to just stave off symptoms, which is primarily what the medical model is doing, uh, especially through the mental health world. So I like to be focused on wellness. I like to um, help people construct uh, for themselves uh, routines that are going to help them be healthy um, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And then in that coach role, I get to you know, uh, in a very affirmative, positive way, pester them about that, that I really um, couldn't do and be deemed unethical from the mental health world to be sending my uh, people that I'm working with texts on a regular basis, making sure that, um, you know, that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, a lot of that is considered unethical from the mental health world that I, I'm, I'm free to do in the life coaching world. So I just like that uh, ability to be way more available. I can, I can press as much as I need to press and, and, uh, just develop a different type of relationship with the people that I'm working with. And uh, you have a particular passion uh, for helping people get unstuck in their careers and relationships. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So again, that stems from the almost uh, two decades that I have working in state government and in the corrections world. And there are far too many people, both on the we call them youth um, in my system, so youth corrections. So you have youth that have um, tremendous uh, limiting beliefs, and unfortunately, our staff, for the most part, are right there with them with limiting beliefs. So we have staff that are feeling like they're in a dead-end career and they don't like it anymore. It is something that they dread coming to. Um, that's evidenced by the amount of sick calls that come in. Uh, I'm, I'm an administrator at our facility, so I have to tell um, some people that, hey, you got to stay and work. We call it mandating because of the sick calls are so high. Um, you know, our, our work injuries, you know, people that get careless because they're stressed out. Um, and just seeing people say things like, I'll never be able to retire or I'm going to die working into this place. Um, I'm in so much debt. I don't know what else to do. So they're forced to work overtime. Um, and so that's kind of what I have seen for the last two decades. And it, it's 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 such a lie. It's It's not true. Um, and that's what kind of sparked me. Like I, I need to start doing something because uh, I need to help people build a different mindset that will allow them to say, um, no, this isn't a place where I'm going to die. And yes, I can retire and I can live the life that I've always wanted and, and that I deserve. And so that's really kind of the last three or four years, really what's kind of sparked with inside of me is, is putting that message out. Um, I, I directly supervise 19 people in the facility. So I have my tentacles into them and I'm changing their mindset every day by pumping positivity into them and teaching them about, um, you know, uh, how to build wealth and how to be smart with their finances and 
um, doing all that kind of stuff that typically is outside of the typical um, supervisor supervisee relationship in state government. And at first, it was a little bit awkward. They looked at me like, "Why do you, Why are you talking to me about this kind of stuff? And why do you care?" Um, but I'm convinced that your home life, your work life, your home life will influence your work life. That if your home life is off kilter, then ultimately your work life is going to fail too. So as a supervisor, I'm I'm vested in both uh, for those people. So uh, being able to pull into my uh, pull on my formal education, you know, around um, human development and, you know, lifespan issues and whatnot. I'm pulling that back into my uh, employees at work as well. So you might tell I'm a little bit passionate about it. And, uh, uh, and I do that outside of, uh, correct my job too. I'm, I'm always talking to people about what the next step in their career is and how can they expand their skills so they can hammer that next interview and get that promotion that they're after. And so I get really excited about talking to people about those things. Yeah, no, I can tell uh, definitely your energy and your passion is exuding through the uh, airwaves and the internet waves here in the Philippines. <laughs> so, uh, Nick, uh, curious to know, like, when people are feeling stuck, uh, usually, like, everything gets affected, like you mentioned, like, their home life, their, their health, their spirituality, like, their marriage, uh, their role as a father. So how do you uh, deal with that? Like, when you get stuck, uh, we've all been there. You know, I've certainly been gone through stuck times, and most of our listeners and viewers have as well. So what would you suggest for people who want to deal with being stuck? Sounds like I lost the audio. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, I was just asking oh. you, like, if people are feeling stuck in life, in marriage, in fatherhood, in business, in work, what should they do to get unstuck? Absolutely. So um, part of it is is just uh, um, committing to a process. And so... Um, with me, that looks like, you know, are you at that point to where, um, you know, in your heart of hearts, you want to make a change in that? Um, and so uh, attracting people that are in that mode, like I've got to do something different, you know, that, that kind of internal mandate that says I can't keep doing this. So I look for those things. And once I get that connection with somebody, um, what I like to do is try to rekindle uh, the vision that they had for their life at one point in time. Like what were their goals uh, prior to coming into this uh, situation of feeling entirely stuck? Um, and then looking at what has been done thus far to actually um, uh, prepare them to reach those goals. And so a big part of it is, you know, looking at the mindset, getting that commitment to change, and then trying to rekindle um, the dreams and the visions and the goals that they had at one point in time, but they shelved them for whatever reason. So do you uh, use any like worksheets or uh, workbooks or journals or is it mostly just question and answer? Is there homework assignments? I would love for you to talk us through the process of uh, what is your methodology? Sure. And so you know, a lot of these things are kind of universal tools, like, like you mentioned early on in our interview uh, or in our talk is that, you know, I will pull things um, that I've learned to use in the counseling world and vice versa. I mean, there's things that I've picked up from the life coaching world that have been big ahas that I pass on to my folks that I'm um, working with uh, on the mental health side as well. And so, um, you know, there, there's an exercise called the life wheel um, where you have somebody kind of rate a scale on a scale of one to 10 uh, various aspects of their lives and then kind of look at that and re reflect on it. Um, what I would do with counseling clients, I, I would say, hey, of all these things that you've just talked to me about that are pressing on you, that are causing you stress, uh, what's the one thing or the two things that if we, we could just uh, eliminate would provide the most relief? So that's a similar conversation I'll have 
um, with life coaching folks is, you know, when under life wheel in these six or seven areas that you've now assessed for yourself, um, you know, what, what's the one thing or the, or the two things on that life wheel that if we improved would make, you know, a tremendous difference in your life right now. And then we'll, we'll kind of dive into what those areas are and, and what's actually going on in that. So for examples, it might be a relationship with my significant other, my spouse, might be a relationship with my children, might be, um, you know, my career satisfaction, um, my level of recreation. Those are all kind of examples on the life wheel. So I'll, I'll use that as a tool, um, both, you know, in life coaching and I've used it in uh, the counseling world as well. Helps prioritize. So Nick, a lot of people I talk to, they struggle with work. Uh, they might be in a job that they quote unquote hate or they don't like, and they just stay there for the money or for the stability, the security. Uh, so tell us about that, uh, because I, in some ways you, you are kind of in that as well, right? Like, because you said you're looking at quitting. I don't think you hate it because obviously you're quite passionate about the area. But uh, tell yeah. us about like people who are really like at the point where they, they don't like it. They're just doing it to pay the bills, really. Yeah. So I, I can, that, that's a mindset trap. I think that's a mindset of scarcity. Uh, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine, you know, a couple of weeks ago um, who was involved in, uh, you know, a business and um, struggled with it on the front end and really left it to, you know, seek the security of um, a state job. He's a state employee as well. And, you know, his comment was, is like, you know, doing that other business, it was too risky because what happens if the, the parent company, you know, gets shut down, then you're going to lose everything. That was kind of his mindset. But in reality, early in my career, 2002, I was given a peak slip um, from the state because the budget reductions and they were going to shut facilities and I didn't have enough seniority that I was going to get walking papers. And so that's that's really the reality that if you're if you're dependent on, uh, you know, an employer for for your money and your income, um, the reality is that any, any day that moment could come where your job is no longer there. So um, are there safer jobs, more, quote unquote, secure jobs? Yeah, I'll say that there are. Um, but it's not a sure thing like people think it is, right? Uh, like again, in corrections, if I were to break my leg and not be able to to walk, um, I may not be able to work there anymore, then what? Um, and so there's a, just a lot of ways where people kind of get sucked into that scarcity mindset and they, they seek what they think is security and, and safety. Um, but in reality, that can be ripped from them at any moment. And so I, I try to talk to people about that, so. Awesome. And um, one of your big visions is to um, go full time into entrepreneurship business. You're building up your network marketing, life coaching, et cetera. I would love to hear a little bit about your vision. If you want to unpack it in terms of your family, in terms of your business and life and more. Sure. Um, and so my, what's my vision? What, what, what am I trying to do here? So I'm definitely trying to escape trading time for dollars. And that's basically comes from um, working, you know, for the state of Oregon, I uh, gave myself about three or four years uh, more and then I want to exit out of that. Um, so just, you know, kind of those cliche things that you hear about living life on your own terms. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that I have a pretty flexible schedule, but yet I'm still kind of on the hook to my boss and, and to my boss's boss about how I'm using my time on a, on a daily and weekly basis. And, you know, I just, I want to be through with that. So, um, you know, going down the entrepreneurship road, you know, talk about your why and, you know, what's your vision. Um, I really have a, a dream of um, being able to give a, a million dollars a year away to charity to my community here. So that's one of my goals. That's one of my um, things that's, uh, that's on my vision board. Um, something also that's near and dear to my, my heart is, um, in the work that I've done in youth corrections, 
there's always a, a certain percentage of youth that we just struggle to place, even though they're ready, they're, they're done, they've accomplished what we need them to do in our, in our facility setting, um, but yet because of their past history and past behaviors, it's really, really difficult to place them anywhere outside of the facility, even though they probably deserve that shot. So that's one of my dreams too, is to be able to create um, transitional housing for those uh, type of young men, and just to be able to um, write the check on a, on a yearly basis to those programs and say, here, here's your funding, as opposed to having to do, um, you know, desserts and dinners and banquets and, you know, beg the community to, to barely scrape by. And that's part of my vision. I just want to be able to write that check um, in terms of that. Um, and I also want to kind of lay this foundation out for my, for my sons as well. Um, I went to college three times. I've got um, three different degrees and I'm really kind of under the mindset that, you know, college education anymore is a, is a, um, it, it's a mortgage without a house. And I'm, I've got that times three. Um, and so, uh, if my sons want to go to college, <laughs> that's excellent. Um, but we're not going to necessarily expect them to do that. So, uh, we're trying to lay that foundation that there's other ways to, um, earn income and provide for your family. And so they're seeing us do that quite literally. Uh, when my wife resigned her position, um, uh, for about four or five months ago and kind of setting the family down saying, this is what we're going to do. And so everybody's going to have to sacrifice a little bit on the front end, but, um, you know, in the midterm, it's going to, it's going to pay off for everybody. I love that, uh, analogy. The, the degree is like a mortgage without the house. I never explained, I never heard it explained that way. It's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the and at the same time, like education is so valuable, and like you you said, even though you have your three degrees, you're still using it, right, in everyday life, in your business, in uh, your work, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to devalue education, and obviously, for a lot of people, uh, education is the is the pathway or the ticket out of their current circumstance. Um, however, in, this might be because of the path that I took in formal education. You know, I never once learned um, how to market myself. I never once learned how the difference between um, building income and building wealth. Um, I never once learned, um, you know, what residual or, or passive income was. So those, those are all things that I had to, um, number one, either fall into, um, get somebody pitch it to me or learn, you know, by my own investment. And so um, people go into higher education thinking that it's going to produce um, an ability to, um, earn income or be marketable in, in, in the job market. And it just isn't the case anymore. I mean, there's people with graduate degrees that are working retail jobs. They're working at big box stores and they're definitely not using the degree. And that's definitely an example of uh, a mortgage payment without a piece of property attached to it. So, um, so yeah, I don't want to you know downplay the role that education has and will have in people's lives. Uh, but in terms of um, financial security, financial freedom, time freedom, uh, I didn't learn any of that in, in three degrees. No, I don't think most of us do. I mean, uh, the same case with me. I've done about seven years of uh, post-high school education, including a degree, a diploma at a Bible college. I did a TESOL certificate, et cetera. And yeah, like I've learned all the stuff through the School of Hard Knocks and the School of Life and right. semin seminars and workshops and podcasts and YouTube channel and uh, getting coached and uh, hiring uh, mentors. And that's where I learned it all. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, how can people connect? I mean, uh, we've covered a lot in the show here, especially around the area of being um, unstuck and, you know, like finding your purpose, uh, vision, vision, values and following your passion, et cetera. If people wanted to hire you for that or get further help for that, how can they do that? Yeah, I would say, you know, seek me out on Facebook. 
Um, I'm on there, you know, every day pumping out value, hoping to, you know, um, you know, put positivity out there and, and, and raise the spirits of everybody. So you can find me at, you know, Nick Sotelo on Facebook. If you're interested in what I'm doing career-wise and helping people get unstuck, you should be able to find that in my profile. You should be able to see a, a nice green graphic that says um, career mastery. Just click on it and then it'll have a link there that will send you to a Facebook group. Uh, and in there you'll have you know, all the knowledge units that uh, I've poured into to, to help people kind of get unstuck with their uh, their current career and job satisfaction and, and boost um, those things and then from there you can message me if you want to work uh, closely with me or want to find out more about what I do and uh, and what I'm about uh, I love to connect with people uh, making an effort to connect with people on a daily basis and I'm just out there to help as, as many folks as I can yeah you're doing a phenomenal job there and thank you for sharing your insights here on the show today absolutely thank you for having me you're very welcome. And I'll have those links below uh, so you can check out. Uh, it's called Career Mastery Lab. And you can just click right through if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening on iTunes. It'll be right in the show notes. Uh, so thanks again, Nick. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. And uh, we'll catch up with you on the next one. Thank you so much.